Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Dark Waters Performance Dive Co., uh, they manufacture top-of-the-line gear for spearfishing and free diving in Southern California. If you're looking for a custom float line for hunting a fish of a lifetime, Dark Waters can build it for you. They also offer FII Level 1 free diving classes. If you're brand new and want to learn how to free dive or spearfish, they can definitely help you out. Um, check them out at darkwaters.co. And if you have any questions, send them an email to sales at darkwaters.co. Uh, go buy their shit. It's lifetime guaranteed. Uh, take their classes, dive deeper, longer, and harder. If you guys want to buy some uh, gear from there, they're going to give a promo code in their cast crank on their website for uh, classes or for 15% off of order. Uh, again, check them out at darkwaters.co. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. I have a super, super cool guest today, um, Kevin Matson. Yeah, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, I reached out to Kevin a long time ago, probably about three months ago, four months ago, before Fred Hall, and, and we tried to get together. And Kevin's a super cool dude. He was one of the first guys I've ever met. I never met Kevin. I had some issues with my son that were, were life-threatening, and Kevin was cool enough to met. I don't even know Kevin. And he messaged me, hey, bro, hope everything's good with your son, which I thought was really fucking cool. To reach out like that is, oh, yeah, a, is a real, you know, solid yeah. dude. I knew right off the bat, I'm like, this guy's yeah. fucking solid. Yeah. I mean, you could tell by your pictures, you're, you're a cool guy. But for someone to reach out like that, that really, you know, was a nice gesture. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? I saw that and I got a 15-year-old son and I was just like, oh, oh fuck, dude. man. You know what I mean? What's the worst case scenario? Oh. It's not something happening to you. It's something happening to a family, dude, it's a family like exactly. member. You're like, what the fuck can I do and if my son's like, sick? Yeah. And you, and I was in the position at the time too, where I'm like, fuck, I was at, I mean, I had people reach out like a uh, Woody from mutinies, like I'm going to bring you dinner. I'm like, it's cool, bro. But to reach out, to give gestures like that when you don't know someone, yeah. which I'm learning the fishing community, there's a lot of cool fucking dudes, man. Yeah. And Kevin's one of them. And not only that, he's fucking caught some crazy fish and has some awesome stories. So uh, we get to dig deep on him and <laughs> let, let's see uh, how did it all start, bro? Oh, fuck. I mean, for me, it's like my family's kind of all inefficient. You know, they all live out in the Midwest. And uh -huh. uh, I'd go back and visit family, and we'd always end up fishing. And 
my first memory in my life is fishing with my grandma. You know, I mean, she took me down to the pier and I did the whole bobber thing over sunfish and, and, uh, it just came to me at an early age. Like I just loved it. It was just something where they knew where I was. I was fishing, you know, yeah. whenever I went out for my family vacations, where's Kevin, he's on the pier, he's in the boat. <laughs> and it got to the point where I would go out in the boat, you know, I was probably like 10 and my dad had a two way radio because I'd never come back in. Oh, wow. And family members would come visit <laughs> for reunion type shit. And I'd be on the, on the water and they, they couldn't get me off the water. I was, yeah. and then my, and it was funny too, because my dad would be calling me, He'd be like, I know you see me out here on the dock. You know, Uncle So you know, Uncle So and so is here to see you with his family. And I just if the fish were biting, I just kind of turn the radio down and you know, and then they'd get in the boat and come get me. And oh man, it was classic. But my uncles dug on it. They all fished. I mean That's cool. Yeah. With them it was more the the bobber and the worm thing. But for me, it was such a progression, you know. I just, was it quickly at that age? Like at 10, were you already mm, throwing plastics? And- mm, when I was 10 was kind of the turning point because I used to go there, and it, like most people, you know, I fished just on vacation. Yeah. So I'd go out there for three weeks at a time, and I would just fish. That's and I'd it, just fish, yeah. fish, fish. And back then, you know, when I was five, six, seven, I'd, I'd catch bluegill. I'd, I'd throw out a nightcrawler on a bobber and uh-huh. catch the variety. And then when I was about, I was probably about 10, I hooked this uh, perch on a nightcrawler. I get it halfway to the boat, and a big pike eats it. Oh, shit. And I go, fuck, man. <laughs> I hook this thing next to the boat, and it's jumping, and I'm like, dad, dad. And, you know, the bobber's flying in the air, the thing's doing cartwheels, and, and then it got off. And I went, fuck. Like, the light went on. I went, holy fuck. This is like a next level of fishing right here. Like, How do I catch I, that? I, I go, let's <laughs> open Grandpa's tackle box. So I open up my Grandpa's tackle box, and back then, you know, it's, it's Daredevils in the Midwest. It's uh, Lazy Ike. It's Rapala's. It's a couple rebels. And I looked, I go, wow, that rebel looks like a perch. You know, so I actually linked it together. I go, mm-hmm. I go dad, let's tie this on. Tie it on the push button. Throw this perch rebel out there. And I'm just cranking it in and throwing it, cranking it in and throwing it. I hooked, I don't know if I hooked the same pike, but I hooked a big one. Big motherfucker. I hooked this thing and just drag starts screaming. I go, dad, starts cartwheeling. And my dad just looks, he goes, wow. He goes, he goes, son, that's all you. You know, he never reached for the rod. He never helped me. Dad, help me. I get the thing all the way up. Uh I get it right to the net. And, you know, I had no idea the fuck I'm doing. I'm, you know, I just, I'm like, holy shit. The thing's probably, I don't know, 35 inches, maybe 40 inches. It was a pretty big pike, decent pike. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to just drag it, you know, I'm buttoning down my drag and panicking like most people do when they hook a big one. But I try to drag it to the net. It broke off right at, right at the net. You know, I had my lines dangling in the, in the breeze and I'm like ready to cry. And But that was like a turning point. After that, I go, fuck, man, I want to catch big ones. And this yeah. This is what I'm going to do. And my whole life revolved around it after that. Came home and my dad's a military guy and he was like, "Dad, take me to work with you on the." Mil- you you grew up in San Diego too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in San Diego. My wow. dad worked on the sub base. He was oh, okay. Twenty five years enlisted and twenty civil service. Total military dude. Like, wow. And he was like, "You want to go fishing with me in the morning? You better have your shit packed <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sure will, Dad. Like, had my backpack, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> you know, my uh, back then I had the original Daiwa PS10, the first low low profile bait caster with uh-huh. a, a Fenwick uh, pistol grip bass rod and he just left me on the pier like for weeks over the summer oh, like shit. I would just go for fucking three weeks straight and just you know and back then it was mostly bait and kind of trying to figure things out and mm-hmm. then I remember I seen this guy threading a plastic worm onto a lead head 
you know, caught a couple of big spotties and, and we were fishing bait with for nothing. So what, what year was this when you're doing oh, it? Oh man, dude, maybe, uh, late seventies, early eighties, whenever that PS 10 came out, I'm not sure. the. Exact... So you were, you were kind of doing the spotty thing. Like well, I was doing the spotty thing when, when it was it just first told... people really oh, first did it was plastic. Dude, I did it with the scampy scrounger days. I became wow. a fanatic where I just, Dude, I'd, I'd go down to the docks and they'd be closed up and I'd put my rod in my mouth and swim out to the dock. <laughs> yeah, that was like my game. Like, that's what I did. Like, I put I put the um, scampies and scroungers in my pocket yeah. in a Ziploc and I'd fucking swim out. And I had this guy I grew up with, man, and he was game too. And I'm like, dude, we got we to gotta take this to the next level. You know what I mean? And my neighbor was throwing away a um, two-man raft. And this must have been like... Because I was out there during El Nino in 83. Uh-huh. So this was probably... 81 82 my neighbor's throwing away this two-man raft and i'm like fuck a two-man raft that expands my whole horizons right there yeah. you know so i told my dad i said dad i don't want to go down to the pier anymore because i kind of felt locked on the pier you know but i would still walk the bank you know and mm-hmm. i was i was so young dude no cell phone no nothing you know i was just on my own it gave me this sense of like control over my life you know what i mean like my dad told me you better not get in trouble I will whip your ass and you won't be able to do this again. Yeah. Dad, don't worry about me. You know, I'll stay out of trouble. And I did, you know, for me, it was just the focus on the fishing gig. But, um, the raft, man, the raft was like, dude, it turned into, cause we were fishing a lot of uh, San Diego Bay and then we switched over to mission Bay Okay, and we would pump up the boat at Seaforth and then, um, launch right there. And then we, we paddle out to the bay with the old plastic oars (laughs) And uh, we'd go around the bay and flip scampies and scroungers around the, the, the pilings and everything around the boat receiver there. And we'd mm-hmm. just kill them. Like, it was yeah. just unbelievable fishing. Yeah. Then we started to go out to the channel. Shit. You know, we started to drift the channel. And then sometimes on big tides, fuck, we get sucked all the way to Fiesta Island. And one time we broke our oars, our plastic oars. There was two of us in this two-man raft. <laughs> and Harbor Patrol would come up to me. Hey, you guys okay? You know, <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're fine. You know, no life jackets, no nothing. No food, no water, no, you know what I mean? It was just like, just fishing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, those were some cool days, man. We smashed them. And you, how old were you when you were taking that raft out? Well, I don't know. 12, 13, something like that. Isn't that wild, dude? I know. Wouldn't you kill your kid if he was doing I, I, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, there's some shit that I did back then. But, but I think it was, like I've said before, a different time. There wasn't as... Maybe there was, and we just didn't know because of social media. But there was; it didn't seem like then it was as kids were missing as much or shit like that. Yeah, I think that's just an overblown fear, though. You know what I mean? Like there, yeah, I think so. I mean, would you rather have your kids be independent, where they have confidence in themselves and they can go out and do these kind of things, Mm -hmm. or would you rather hide in the room on their phone and (laughs) play video games and disconnect from the world? Exactly. I mean, I'd rather be in the here and now and be able to take care of myself and do the shit I want to do. Yeah, you know. What's kind of like the mountain hikes and shit I do now by myself, you know? Could a mountain lion fuck me up? Oh, yeah. Like, is there a chance? Pretty good, really, the places that I go. Yeah. Like, I I come across fresh kills and fresh prints, and I'm by myself. But you know what? It heightens your awareness. It's it's a sense of awareness and your powers of observation, which is all this stuff's tied in together. Do you bring a gun with you when you when you mm, do? I, I, you know, I bring a knife with me. I always have one. You know, that's you just, just fight I, the bears with a knife. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just fuck, with fuck you. you know what? It's better to be prepared than not. You know, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to freak out. You yeah. know, I've already got it in my head what I need to do. If you know, if I'm confronted, I've seen one. You know, I, I know there. I've had one stalk me at the lake. You know, no way. Yeah, yeah, Dude, that's wild. Oh yeah, 
But yeah, <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker was like following me. Like it was following me Fuck. by myself. You know, a lot of a lot of days that I go is bad weather and shit. I'll be the only one there. And, yeah, and a lot of the stuff that I hike through, no one else does. Uh-huh. You know, I'm by myself, and you know, a couple times you just get that feeling, like you just know, like man, this motherfucker's around here somewhere up <laughs> in these rocks or trees. And they are. They are. Wow. And I, ha- I had that feeling all day with this one particular day. And I walk out on this point, and uh, I come across this fresh deer kill, like a fresh one, like fully bleeding, like just... What wasn't... you're like, fuck. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, fuck, this is why I was thinking this today. This motherfucker's looking at me right now. I'm like, shit. And it had like the claw marks where they pull the leaves and branches and shit onto the kill. That was fresh, but everything was fresh. Like the ground was fresh where it's pulled... I go, fuck, you know, I, I take my reel off my rod, put it in my backpack, got my rod in my hand. I'm looking around going, where the fuck is this thing? You know, I have my, my buck knife on me. I pull out my fixed big buck knife. I'm like, where is this thing? You know, fuck, is it around the next corner? What's going on? I go, and then I walk down to the water's edge, and here's this paw print superimposed onto my footprint, and, oh. and the water's seeping into the paw print. So, I mean, it was there fresh 30 seconds ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and I go, fuck, this motherfucker is looking at me right now. I knew it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had a hike all the way out of the lake by myself. There was no one there. What time was it at? Uh, it was midday. Okay. But the thing had been following me all day because I, I retraced my tracks along the water's edge, and there was paw prints, like, for Dude. yeah for the majority of the day. And I kind of was just like, oh, man. Was, you know, I tried to stay <laughs> was away. Was fishing good? Fishing was okay. Caught a cold, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, that's the thing is you, if you get too fixated on the fishing and don't pay attention to things going on around you, at least, like, you know. Where I'm at in the mountain lakes and stuff. Like, could a, could a lion come upon you? Yeah, for sure. Like, Have you seen a lion before? I've seen a lion, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Oh, the lions, when you see the lion, like, everybody goes, oh, make yourself bigger and, and do this. What and, would you rather encounter, a lion or a bear? Uh, probably the lion. I think a bear would eat you okay. more than the lion. And I don't think you... You couldn't escape from either one. So you're not going to turn your back on it. You yeah. Know, you're going to face it. And I think... I think animals in general get your vibe, you know, like if I pick up a rattlesnake and walk it through my hands or, you know, it's, it feels that I'm not afraid. There's a, there's an in-tuneness to it all. That, so when, you, how did you get the fuck into that dude and pick it up rattles? Same fucking thing, dude. We did shit when I was a kid. When like, you were a kid, you were doing I did all this thing. stuff. Yeah, I did these. Oh my God. I ran dude. these, I ran these missions as a kid. Like we'd run missions in the neighborhood and I was kind of the, the ringleader of it really. I was like. <laughs> I was like, let's ride our bikes from Mara Mesa to Del Mar through the fields, you know. We, yeah. And we just, no, I guess it, no cell phone, no water, no nothing. We'd ride our BMX bikes all the way to the freeway, and we'd fish these streams sometimes and ponds. I fished Serenal Valley back when that was all open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd see deer, and that, that turned into the snake thing. The snake thing became like, do we want to catch rattlesnakes? And, and I was probably like, oh, man, I was probably like eight. I'd go out there and catch rattlesnakes and bring them back. I'd, I'd kill them back then. Yeah. You know, and I was a big deal to walk down the neighborhood with a big dead rattlesnake. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, right? all the people came out to see me. And, you know, I realized, like, wow, this is, like, big shit to kill these rattlesnakes. But then I, it became cooler not to kill them, you know, to the point where I am now where I'd never kill one. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 – I feel like they know that I don't mean them any harm and – to actually pick one up and walk the thing through your hands is like there's a there's a feeling of oneness and I connection, say, right? Yeah, that's like, but that translates through fishing and everything else. All the stuff's intertwined. You know, people mm-hmm. don't realize that. You know, when you see spiny rock lizards out on the rocks, the bass are spawning. The bass are on the bank. Okay, you know what I mean. Early in the season, you don't usually see them. Mm-hmm. Start seeing them big rock lizards, and when they're doing their whole, you know, mating thing, puffed up with color, 
you know, bass are doing the same thing. So you know, like, okay, this lake's turned on because I'm seeing these rock lizards. Yeah. And, and certain things, you know. Great connection. Yeah. Do you, did you, have you ever got bit by a rattlesnake? No. Yeah. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> I, stepped on, I stepped on a couple, you know. I took, uh, I took this guy Kyle's son out the other day, and we were shed hunting. And it's one of those deals where, you know, when I'm hiking, looking for snakes, like I have the snake vision where I'm looking at my feet and being very careful. I put my hands and, you know, I, and I can see them through, through the brush. Like I've been looking for them for so many years, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, but when you're shed hunting, you're kind of with your head up. So you're kind of scanning areas, you know, and you're, and you're looking, you know, I'm looking on overlooks. I'm looking at grassy fields. I'm kind of scanning areas for sheds mm-hmm. and you take your, eyes what's off a shed? I'm sorry. Deer sheds. You know, when, okay. they, when they drop their antlers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which is another obsession you know you get into this thing trying to figure out deer and you know here's a game trail and where would the overlook be and yeah yeah it turns into the, all these things are, <laughs> like these pursuits are crazy it's like a hunter-gatherer thing that all but it all ties in yeah it all ties in but um anyway tristan stepped on a rattlesnake that day it was pretty crazy <sighs> <laughs> he stepped directly on one didn't get him though didn't get him wow yeah, so was, when you step on him what do you just back out and that's all you just, can really yeah, do just back off and just you know they can basically strike their body length or half their body length you know for wow. me i kind of keep it at the body length but um the thing is too with them when they light up and rattle and everybody's all crazy around them usually the guy with a stick trying to kill them mm-hmm. the snake wants to bite you yeah but if i'm like hey dude mellow out chill out everybody chill the snake will stop rattling it'll totally tone down and it'll it'll feel your aura and your vibe where it's just like okay he doesn't want to kill me that's like animals, though, right? I think yeah. a lot of animals uh-huh. are like that, right? Dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Definitely Sounds dogs. Like you're a dog, you know. And he's whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then he calms down yeah. and he's you're talking. Yeah, but talking. yeah, you, I think you just got that. Yeah, man. Been doing it for a long time, dude. Like, <laughs> like so many days. I mean, that's all we did. Yeah. Growing up for me, like I didn't give a shit about video games. I didn't give a shit about TV. Like, did you play uh, any sports in high school? Yeah, I played played baseball, played okay. soccer. Yeah. yeah. But were you still fishing hard? Mm, yeah, I was. I mean, there was a little window of time when, you know, I moved down to the beach and lived off the boardwalk and PB for 11 years. And that was all just party like a rock star. Go, go surfing, <laughs> you know what I mean? The girls, the whole nine yards. Like yeah. that was just, it, you know, and I had a good time. I still fished, but, you know, for me, it kind of turned into a, a bigger deal when like Kit Cantner from Graphite USA hit me up. Mm-hmm. I was catching some fish and, uh, Kids like, hey, Kev, you ought to come over to, you know, Graphite USA and, you know, maybe we'll get you a couple of rods and see if we can kind of sponsor you. And I'm like, oh, shit, sponsor me for fishing? Wow, this is, you know, yeah, kind of a cool deal. And, you know, back then it was, you had to be a pro or a derby guy to get, you know, sponsored. Yeah. And uh, he goes, here, take a shirt and a hat, you know, and see if we can get get a picture. I'm like, fuck, I'll get you a picture tomorrow. <laughs> like I went down and got a big sea bass with the, with the shirt and hat on and Max yeah. came back and said, check this out. He's like, wow, it's great, you know keep doing this, send this picture in the Western outdoor news. And yeah, you know, then they started putting me on charters and that was, uh, that was what about 2002 around that time. You know, that's when I first started doing real long range stuff, like six day, eight day, did 16 wow. day in 2002, stuff like that. And that's crazy. They started putting me on these trips and saying, how much time can you take off from work? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I get five weeks a year. So I was doing five weeks a year. Wow, dude. Back, back then, yeah. Doing, you know, a lot of the Q105 and stuff like that. Fishing with some good fishermen. And Look, this is all before social media. This is like. Yeah. Internet's probably not even that hard yet in 2002. I mean, right? Well, 98, 2000, I think I remember it. Not even really. Like dial up was still. 
So you don't, I'm anti-internet even right now. <laughs> like I am. Like I, like people try to, dude, I sent you an email. I'm on, dude, I've got like 2,000 emails that I haven't even looked at. Like I don't even look at email. Like I don't even, I never turn my computer on. Really. Yeah. I look at some stuff on my phone. But I'm, Yeah. I'm well, just, you don't need, like if I'm looking up something, I could just Google. Yeah. I yeah. mean, really with yeah. with, a, with a computer. But yeah, so then you, you kind of got sponsored after that. Yeah. Went on the long range trips. One thing led to another on that. Yeah, like... um that became a pretty cool deal. I'm like, shit, I can get rods, you know? Because at that time, you know, I don't have a lot of money to throw around, you know? So, oh, yeah. you know, you give me a nice rod. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. What do I need to do? You know, go catch a calico bass? Sure, I'm already doing that. Yeah. Hold up the picture, you know, fish and take a good <laughs> picture? Sure, I can do that, you know? Yeah. And I've always been into kind of the photography. For me, that's a whole other, like, art. Like, okay, the sun's facing this direction. And, you know, getting a nice composed photo and capturing the moments, like capturing the fish to me. Like, if you can get a good photo you can have that moment forever if you get yeah. the right photo. Whereas if you get it where the guy's facing the wrong way in the sun, he's shaded, fish looks like shit, or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like like having that beautiful shot, it's like, wow, man, that's a rad shot too. And you were thinking about that back in mm-hmm. 2002, three, yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. What were you using to take pictures in? Mm, fuck. Way back when, dude, I started with 35 millimeter, you know, and, and you didn't even know what you had until you turned in your film and got it back. And you're like, yeah. fuck, I hope I got it. <laughs> you know, and then it was like, you know, mostly it was the sun was facing the wrong way. That's the, yeah. fr- that's the number one thing. And the first thing with photos is when people take them, they don't consider which way the, fun- the sun is facing. And then the second thing is your backdrop. You know, some guy with his dick out behind him, <laughs> behind him in the boat isn't the greatest photo. You know what I mean? Whereas it might be you, comedy. Yeah, for the you're next like, well, look at this guy. You know, some guy looks like he's taking a piss behind you. But you know, a you know, guy will hold his rod a certain way and looks like he's got his dick in his hand, pissing off the rail, you know, <laughs> yeah, behind dude. you isn't the best photo to me. Like I like the blank rail where you got the rad shot in the corner and, yeah. and the whole, everything comes <laughs> together and you know, you get a swooping bird behind you. It adds to it or foaming fish or whatever. It yeah. Might be. But yeah, it's all, uh, yeah, that graphite USA thing was a pretty good gig. And then that led to Phoenix. Okay. You know, when the, so how long have you been with Phoenix for? Oh man, almost kind of since it really changed hands. No and, you way. Know, yeah. Yeah. Mel was a graphite USA guy, Mel Fay and, uh, and, uh, Gene, Easterbrook went over there and they're like, Hey Kev, what do you think about this Phoenix thing? You know, cause graphite USA, there was, there was a time with graphite USA where it kind of was sinking, you know, with, okay. uh, you know, the guy that owned it went to jail and that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty wild. But, um, I said, shit, man, I love the Phoenix stuff. It's basically the same as graphite USA has been fishing, you know, yeah. like you guys do from freshwater bass to calico bass swim bait rods and freshwater swim bait rods and, you know, getting in the tuna sticks and stuff like that and jig sticks, you know, yeah. I'm all into jig sticks too. I got every kind of jig stick. I'm all fuck these are great like yeah it's definitely good gig you know and that's uh, something you've cool to see people that's been sponsored by like a company for a long time you know like mm-hmm. loyal to the loyalty to that company for, i've never changed that's cool. for me i've never felt like jumping ship they've always been good to me you know okuma guys too the guy hit me up out of the blue you know mike bennett's like hey we got this reel that you might like you know the komodo and that was before the komodo hit the market yeah and I was, you know, I was honest with them. I said, well, honestly, Okuma kind of back in the day was, was kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, they called them Kabumas for a reason. <laughs> like the old Okuma stuff was kind of yeah. shitty. Yeah. And so I said, oh, man, I don't know. You know, I, I had a lot of Shimano stuff. And he goes, I'm going to send you these Komodos. I said, all right. So he sends me like four Komodos. And at this time, you know, I've got my tin boat down in Mexico and I'm fishing. I had a, this uh, little Mexican community up on this bluff. And I, I trailered down this boat and got to know them and, you know, brought food down for their dog, dog food and blankets, yeah. blankets. You know, you get that, that bond and kinship. Like I love those people down there, mm-hmm. you know, 
And I said, hey, can I keep my boat on your property? You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Kevin, it's no problem. No problem. I said, bro, I'll bring you back a 12-pack of Budweiser and, uh, you know, <laughs> some food for your dog. Oh, it's yeah. no problem, Miguel, no problem. Yeah. So, you know, I was doing a lot of calico bass. And this is back before the border weight was anything. You know, I could zip down there, fish a half day, come back. This would be like, what, 90? 90s, yeah. This is like, uh, I was doing it since uh, about, I've been doing Baja since I was 16. Wow. I was doing radical Baja stuff, like. Like, you know, yeah. it's just kind of prospecting. I love to get out away from everybody and just, you know, we had surfboards and fishing rods and just kind of fish areas where there's no one, which I still love to do. I like to just find nicks and crannies away from people and crowds. And it's just hard nowadays, right? It's hard, but I mean, you when can you do it, go to, <laughs> when you go to Guyana and fish the Amazon, you know what I mean? Like you're going <laughs> one of the most remote places on earth. You yeah. Know? And that's the kind of shit. That I couldn't I, imagine like how excited I'd be to be somewhere where no one's really touching it. You know, yeah. the water, it must be just like a complete different yeah. high. There's a kinship. Right? You're just like, I can't believe no one's fit. You Like, you're just the excitement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Mexico, you were going down there. You dropped your boat off down there. So, mm-hmm. you, uh, when was that? Left the boat down there in probably 2000. Okay. You know, we were fishing like an old 12-foot aluminum with a 9.9 Honda. <laughs> and uh, we same thing, run a mission. Where are we going to go? Hey, let's uh, let's go outside Todos Santos and see if we catch tuna fish out of this thing, you know? We had a couple of days when we started fucking running missions. A friend of mine, Pete Santiago, that, you know, he had a place down in Baja Malibu, so we had a base camp at his house. Okay. You know, we had all our gear there, and then we had the boat there, so we'd go down and launch it over the rocks, which is another, you know, exercise in... I mean, launching that, it? What do you mean by launching it over the rocks? We'd put the, the motor on our shoulder and hike, <laughs> hike down the cliff. You know, we'd, and we'd pick the boat up on our head, carry the boat down the cliff, put the boat in the water, put the motor on, you know, shit. had a five-gallon bucket with a lid on it. You take your keys, all your shit, put it in a five-gallon bucket. You know, I have old 35-millimeter film of some cool shit back then. Basically put everything in a five-gallon bucket because you rigged a flip, mm-hmm. you know, because I told I told you I flipped <laughs> yeah. the boat twice. Um, so we'd bungee the rods down and just, you know, we were fucking going for it. Like, you know, we didn't have no GPS, no nothing. You know, it was Dude. a compass. Yeah. We had a compass. But, you know, I'd fished with the Pongeros enough at that time where I realized, like, they were so in tune with things. And I just admired it. I was like, man, you guys are like, you guys are like the next level on shit. You know, people might look at you like you're poor or this or that. But most of the people in the States couldn't do this. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They couldn't go 25, 30 plus miles offshore and figure everything out. You know, smell dolphins, smell whales. Like, they can... They're fucking in tune. You know, they know the prominent wind direction of the northwest wind and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you can... The fog can roll in. You can put your hand up and kind of figure out by the wind where you're at and what's going on. And that's crazy. We, yeah, we, very interesting, man. Yeah, we came in like that a couple of times. I had to light fires for us to see the shoreline and shit. And figure out that yeah, <laughs> in the dark, <laughs> in the twelve foot aluminum. Yeah, loaded down with tuna and stuff. You know, how big a tuna were you catching? Uh, you know, that's school size stuff, like thirty pounds and shit. That's still crazy in a twelve foot boat, bro. Yeah, there was one day. There was one day that was the day of days where <laughs> the ocean was just alive. We launch the tin boat. We see the birds diving as we're driving down the valley. You know, we see all these birds lit up. We're like, fuck, man, it's just on. You know, the ocean color looked all right. Everything was perfect. Launch the tin boat. Go around the corner. See these fish rolling right outside the kelp line. Throw surface iron, catch yellows. You know, some decent yellows. They're mm-hmm. like 15 pounds, 18 pounds. Catching some bass. You know, they're biting. See another bird school offshore. Oh, fuck, we're going to go a little further. Go a little further offshore. Start catching big bonitas and barracuda, a little bit bigger yellows, you know. Start catching some 20-pound stuff offshore. See more birds working offshore. offshore. 
by this time we're you know we're probably 10 miles out you know i'm thinking like fuck man this is kind of you know it's about the time to see some yellowfin the fleet hadn't even really caught them at that time yeah and i go man let's let's fucking run out and try to find a kelp you know so we but you know trolling you put the rod under your leg and you sit on the bench seat and you hold the tiller Mm -hmm. you know so we put it under a leg and we troll out we see like this trash can lid kelp now this is probably maybe 12 miles offshore or something like that do a big circle around it's pretty flat day bam bam we get a double jig strike on the yellowfin Fuck, we got yellowfin wind them in by this time the, the boat's getting so low in the water because we you know we kept some yellows and yeah you heavy, know and, right yeah yeah to feed we come in and feed the village yeah you know awesome we'd, we'd yeah feed, we'd feed the village and you know caught a couple of tuna fish we had good fishing i go okay we have enough of this we you know the boat's ready to, to pretty much sink at this time you know you're you already have no fleet freeboard as it is yeah you got to pull the plug when you're running, drain the boat, you know, because we had so much water in the boat. Oh, no way. Yeah, so there's gotta, some water coming over. Oh, there's a lot of water coming in. Yeah, yeah. If there's any kind of wind on it, like, you know. It comes right yeah, in. Yeah, it comes right in. But, I mean, it's a matter of, of steering the boat through the swells and being able to drive through it and stuff like that. And Wild, we, dude. Fuck, we, then we come in. It gets even better. So then we come <laughs> in, you know, and we, and we go to this more shelter area and we start fishing plastic for bass. You know, we already caught everything else. Start fishing bass. Start getting some good bass. And my friend gets this one. Pete gets this one. I, fuck, it, dude, it was 10 pounds. It was a big fish. It mm-hmm. was a big, I got a picture of it. It was a whopper. So I'm like, dude, we, we got tuna. We got, you know, yellows. We got a 10 pound bass. How can this get any better? And I'm flipping the bank, get a legal sea bass. I'm like, oh, dude, we got a legal sea bass. Yeah, they everything. Yeah. Under the sun. So, right? so, so he gets one too. We got two. So we're like, oh, we both got one. This is cool. Flip down the bank, get a legal halibut. Shit, and I was just like, wow. This, yeah. 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 So, you know, we brought fish back to the village and, uh, they were stoked as they shit, were right? Fucking stoked, dude! Like we, they, they would bring the oar down. We have a lot of fish, and they would stick the oar through the fish's gills. So, like the dudes in the village would have like these oars full of fish to come back and feed everybody. Dude, pretty primal, man. That was how, just, did, how good did that feel? Like just to be uh, like, oh man, like know, made made you, know? you kind of accept, made it. you feel like a Cro-Mag, dude, coming and bringing some food. But I mean, <laughs> there was an acceptance to it. Like, yeah, like those real fishermen, like the real pongeros and shit, to be actually accepted by them and have them look at you like. They came to me and they're like, Kevin, we've never seen a white man come <laughs> yeah, down here right, like you. Like, yeah, never. You know, I, and I was just like, I was like, yeah. What an honor. Know. Yeah, I felt very privileged, you know. It's like, you know, I feel like, I told them, I said, well, I feel privileged to be able to come down here. Like this place to me is kind of sacred. You know, yeah. this is a very untouched coastline. And, you know, that was when people started really getting to calico bass fishing and stuff. This is like 2000. Two, you're saying 2002, 2004, about that. Were yeah. you were you still under the swim bait, big swim baits then? Um, were you doing that too, or freshwater? I started chucking that stuff back in the AC plug days. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Like when I saw what was going on with the AC plug, mm-hmm. you know, I drove up to Silverwood because they sold them on off the peg in the rack because you had to actually go somewhere to get them. Yeah, and I got some. The thing about it was, though, people didn't dedicate themselves to them like they do nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, Guys just so throw crazy. the swimmer and they'll throw it for 10 straight days with no fish to get one because you know you're going to get one. See, back then, it was kind of like, I hope to get one. And you'd catch one. You know, and it wouldn't be a big one. You know, I was catching like sixes and eights and shit like that. I never got a real big one, like mm-hmm. an AC. You know, then the wooden castate came out. I remember people thought I was crazy to spend 60 bucks on a wooden castate, you know? How about now spending fucking 300 Fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, what they're going for on eBay, guys flipping them and shit, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like the 250, the 250 was crazy. That was the craziest craze. Like, yeah. So you were part of the swim bait craze at the time you were involved with it. I mean... When it started. I don't know if I was so much 
I, it's just something I threw, you know yeah. I mean? Now it's kind of funny. People categorize themselves as swim baiters and I'm like, dude, it's, you know, I, I fish everything. Yeah. You know right? what I mean? I don't, I don't love pig- fishing period. Yeah. I don't pigeonhole myself into being a particular thing. You know, I can change gears and fish fresh. I can fish salt. Like I look at it as being, it's better to be well, well-rounded and be able to make the transition to things where some guys are so tunnel vision. If you caught one on anything other than the swimmer, you know, your shit, which yeah. kind of trips me out, but whatever don't get me wrong i mean i tied the thing on i fished entire season with one lure tied on wow you know like dude, 250 discipline man well yeah well i brought one lure and i fished it for basically the whole season and that's when i shot that one video you know before selfie sticks or anything i took the head of a golf club cut the club off put a clamp mount on it put my gopro on it stuck it in the ground and walked out in front of it and fished the entire season by myself i didn't fish with anybody yeah. you know i was fishing with kerr green bass back then and johnny fished his lake and i was fishing my lake and i never once saw not one person throwing a swimmer that entire season and i was fucking him up <laughs> you know i was getting them pretty good you know and and i filmed it which was pretty rad the cast catch stuff to me is always rad like you get to see how stoked someone is in the moment and right you know there's no bullshit behind it you know what i mean like <laughs> Fuck it, guy's not snagging him. Whatever he's, whatever, you know, whatever he's doing, you know, whatever. Put the guy's treble hook and putting the bait in the mouth, right? Like treble hook or whatever they're doing, you know. Who knows? With with green bass, there's so much gray area. Yeah, that's a whole nother animal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's cool though to keep it a wide open, um, you know, spectrum. Like you're not just a. Uh, not many guys are like you where they fish hard everything. Yeah. You know, like mostly they'll be like, I just fish salt, calico, that's it. Yeah. Or I fish fresh water, that's it. You do everything. Yeah. And another thing you do, you do a lot of these trips, dude. You catch some crazy fucking fish, dude. Yeah. From the Amazon and shit. Like, let's talk about that. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was <laughs> another, that was another one of them things kind of reminded me of Baja. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Like we're, I fly into the village and, um, you know, Steve had told me from Adventure Travel Alliance, like, I talked to him at the trade show and I said, Steve, man, honestly, like my goal is to go to the Amazon. Like mm-hmm. this, ever since I've been a little kid, like I was always intrigued and just went, wow, what a radical place to be. And, you know, whether you caught fish or not, it would just be neat to be in the jungle. And I wanted to chill with the indigenous people. Like as much as anything, I wanted to kind of go into a, right. a, a village <laughs> and kind of check these people out and just see how they lived. And yeah. they're very close to the earth. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool. And, um, Steve goes, ah, oh, dude, you'd be perfect for it. Come on down, shoot a video, take some pictures, promote the place, see what you can do. You know, by then I, I had a pretty big platform, you know, with Pelagic, with Phoenix, with Akuma and stuff. So now I got a bigger platform where I can do these trips and there's more eyes on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of elevates me where people kind of hit me up to do these trips nowadays. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went down there and flew into the village and, uh, I uh, I fished with these two guys and and you know no shoes. I didn't bring any shoes on the trip either. You know I brought flip flops and I asked Steve, "Hey, do I need to bring shoes?" He goes, "I mean, shit, Kev, you know you don't need shoes." I'm like, "All right." And you know I wanted to catch the Bushmaster and the Ferdy Lance, and I was hoping to see some. Oh, really? Yeah, like that to me. Oh, being, yeah. Not only for fishing, you're like the whole thing. You know, I was like, you know, first game, first you're a day, checklist. Huh? Yeah, first day in base camp. Like we had these big um, blue toed tarantulas in camp. A whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Like. Like Steve's all, hey, check out this over here, Kev, you'll dig this. And we walk into this big thatched hut and we put the flashlight on the ceiling and there's all these fucking pink-toed tarantulas. There's like 20 of them all over the ceiling. And here comes this one crawling up the side. And I'm like, oh, rad. And I just, I grabbed it and put it on my hand. Thing walked up my arm and like the other dudes were just like, whoa, man. Like they were just, I go, dude, honestly, it's the way that you hold them and 
you know, you can walk them through your hands and the same kind of yeah. thing. And I put it back onto the, the side of the hut and went up the side and those dudes are like, fuck, you're like fucking crocodile dundee, <laughs> man. Like they started, I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about all that. <laughs> crocodile <dundee. laughs> It's funny. But um, yeah, once the fishing started, I go, I want to catch a bigger apima. Yeah. You know, and then I took the whole SoCal swim bait approach, you know, because I'd been throwing swim baits for. That's what you were throwing then. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So, and that, awesome. that was kind of cool because Steve had his little template on what guys bring and how they do it. And he's like, dude, guys throw these giant rattle traps, which is kind of the number one thing, mm-hmm. which is your A1 chuck and wine. There's no real, you know, you can kind of pump them or there's different ways you can yeah. fish them or you can burn them. But, <clears throat> you know, the guys are throwing the rattle trap. And um, I go, okay, so I'm going to bring this depth realizer, which is almost like a rattle trap, a little different. So I kind of wanted to show him something different. Mm-hmm. And um, first day I threw that thing, I threw it and threw it and threw it and threw it and threw it. I, you know, I made the usual, whatever it is, a couple thousand casts during the day for nothing. Any bycatches? Um, yeah, I was catching big piranha, like really? those big black piranha. Like they got world record size black piranha. They're up to like 10 pounds. How big know? were the ones you were catching? Fucking big. Cool fish still to they're, catch, they're right? They're super gnarly, like... <laughs> You know, a guy How got, a, gear were you a guy got bit by a piranha on oh. yeah, that second trip. Or, well, that was the first trip, yeah. No way. Yeah, it was radical. Too. Well, he, he was looking at me going, man, this is kind of crazy the way you're handling these piranha. And Steve told us in base camp, he's like, you guys shouldn't handle these things. Don't touch them. And he was kind of like, except for you, Kev. Yeah, he, he just kind of gave me like, he wasn't, Mountain man. Yeah, he was just kind of like, I'm not too worried about you. And I'm like, yeah. all right, but I still, you know, you got to. You got to be confident the way you grab them behind the head. Hard. You know, hard. Mm-hmm. And you hold them like by the scruff of the neck, mm-hmm. you know, almost like a halibut. You just grip them by the back of the head. But the jaws were snapping and they're very imposing. To me, it's more than like a rattlesnake striking at you. I go, fuck. Like, Can you hear a click? There's a very loud oh, click. Like scissors, awesome. like, and they snap and, and, and they move so fast, they're a blur. Yeah. And you know, if you got your finger, you take your finger out, or like this guy. Yeah. Like, I probably took off um, by then. 150, 200 of them. Like we were catching them. We were catching peacock bass and, you know, big piranhas, big back piranha. And, you know, I just grabbed by the neck. I wasn't even using my pliers. I just pop it out because their mouths are real bony. Yeah. Kind of like a wahoo, you know, yeah. same kind of thing. And I would I'd pop them out and just toss them. And this guy I was with, he's kind of a guy who, you know, he, he he's a business owner. And a lot of these guys are like big money business owners and they aren't, they haven't been out in the field. All you, their... you made him feel confident. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's exactly what happened. I can so totally see that happening. And the, and the guides are like, Kevin knows what he's. By then, you know, I, I took my shoes off. I'm barefoot with these guys. And yeah, like, the same thing. They go, we have never seen a white man never come down like you. Like, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm kind of different than most people. You know, yeah. the way that I was raised and what I've done. Um, but this guy felt confident enough to try it. So we're in this cove, right? And I'm on one side of the cove, and you know we're, we're throwing jerk baits, so we're catching uh, we're catching some piranha, we're catching a couple payara, we're mm-hmm. catching some peacock, good fishing, you know. And he gets this moderate sized piranha, and every time he'd get one, he'd go a little help over here, and he'd, have, he'd hold the line, and the thing would be thrashing. Whereas I would just grab it and take it off and keep fishing. So he had to wait for each one to come off his line. So I think as much as anything, that was kind of bothering him. So he. I see him out of the corner of my eye, and he's got the he's got the piranha on on the line, and, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, don't do it, dude. You know, <laughs> don't do it." And I look away, and I make a cast, and I just hear this crazy scream like a woman, you know, just like, he got me. Like, Fuck. Fuck. And the, and the guides are just they would chill in the bushes, like up underneath the shade, because it was pretty hot. 
you know, and they would watch his fish and fucking immediately they're both standing up like, whoa, shit. And he's like holding his hand and, and he's just like his hand shaking. Oh, shit. I'll show you the picture on my phone. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, holy fuck. You know, I, I reel my bait and I run over there and, and like he's got these two holes in his palm of his hand. Oh, shit. And they're like as big as a nickel. They're big. Fuck. And they're through like all the skin. They're down to the meat. Yeah. And it looks like a... um. You know, like a Jiffy Pop popcorn when you pop it and all the meat kind of goes. Oh you know, my well, God, dude, that's gnarly. But that's what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like, it looked like, a, um, Jiffy, all the meat just, yeah, the, the meat was yeah. using out of his hand in these two big holes and it didn't even really bleed. There was just like, I go, whoa, dude. And I was like, <laughs> and he's all shaking. He's like, oh. And the guys are looking at me like, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. They're like, you know, people don't normally get bit by piranhas. I mean, the locals do. Yeah, they got yeah. crazy stories about the caimans and stuff too. No but, way. No, they take them. They, they every once in a while, like a villager. Fuck. Yeah, they have a different set of things to be worried about. Yeah, there. down yeah, there, right? Yeah, but not about losing your phone. Yeah, but. <laughs> like, like I was talking to them about that, and they're like, "Well, you live in the states where you have to worry about traffic. Like they're worried about cars and traffic and accidents. And, yeah, which to me is more worrisome than a caiman or a snake or a piranha. You know." Mm. But um, yeah, it was kind of funny. He came back into camp, and Steve just looks and I'm like, "Fuck, man, really? I got to fuck with this." And you know, he puts antiseptic and all that stuff on his hand. Just wrapped it up. Wrapped it up. Yeah. How long was the trip? <clears throat> trip was uh, I think that one was six days, six days or no eight, eight days. But that was like midway through the trip. I think that was the third day, so he couldn't fish. Like. Had to wrap his hand up with this thing and um, just watching you fish. The whole yeah, time. yeah. He started filming me, which is perfect. Awesome, right? That, <laughs> yeah, that works either way. Yeah. I go, can you hold this stick right here? And yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And he starts filming. I got some cool, you know, cast to catch with. I actually got cast to catch with the big one too. Which mm-hmm. um, I caught one about two hundred fifty pounds the second day on the realizer, Fuck. and um, I started to figure it out. You know, I started to kind of go, okay, this is what they do. And they come up and they breathe, mm-hmm. so they would breathe, and then he would. You have to be motionless. That was another thing. The fucking guy kept moving in the boat, you know, and I've fished sea bass out of the tin boat and you have to be fucking motionless. Like if you adjust your feet and they hear that tomp tomp of the aluminum, they're gone. Yeah. But if you see one up on the surface tailing and you don't move and you don't point at it, most people point at shit, spook it. You can make a cat. I caught a 53 pounder like that, you know, shit. where I, I casted to it and there was two single file coming through the kelp line and I casted to it and got like a 53. But, um, yeah, that Arapaima stuff is so similar to sea bass fishing where they're real yeah. sensitive to, to sound and movement and vibration and shit. You know what I mean? They're not the smartest fish in the world, but they ain't <laughs> so stupid as to just yeah. you know, let you point at them or bang around the boat. Sometimes they get stupid, but at least with the Arapaima, they just uh, they were all about just stealth. And they come up and breathe, fucking sit there for like two seconds on the surface most times and sink out. So you'd stand there in one position, try to make a perfect cast for them. But when I got the bigger one, they, so the this, first one you caught was 53? The fr- no, that was a sea bass. I'm sorry. 50, the sea the, bass uh, is 53. The but, um, yeah, the first Arapaima, I don't know, maybe 250 pounds. We kind of just guesstimated What it. kind of reel and rod were you using? Fishing them on the Okuma Komodo with straight 80. You what know? size Komodo? Uh, the Komodo 350. Wow. On a, on a Phoenix. So set. that's a with the level wine reel. Yeah, right? level wine and then <laughs> a, 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 the Phoenix 790H Ultra Swimbait Classic. You know, that's a great ride. That's my 250 cal- pound fucking it's my fish. Cal- it's my fucking calico setup. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, the thing is, is when you hook them, you just kind of hold them and they pull the boat. Okay. So the boat's almost like so the, the boat okay. is like pulling a float. Yeah. You know, like guys that shoot the big bluefin, the floats go over the side. You yeah. pull the floats. Same thing. So, 
you know, you let them pull the boat, pull the boat for like 45 minutes, and they keep jumping and jumping and jumping. Then it's gnarly because you got to get in the water with them. Shit. You know, and the fucking guy's been catching piranha on every cast, you know, and he's like, okay, Kevin, you ready? They speak English. Hey, Kevin, you ready to jump Fuck in the water? No. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. I'm ready. They have this Caribbean dialect. Yeah, man, I'm ready to get in the water with you, you know? Oh, shit. But the, the, the bigger one that I got, um, so I, I had one bite on the realizer, and I'm going, God, something has to be more efficient than this. You know the way I'm seeing these things? I go, you know what? I've been throwing the 250 a lot, and I'm like, I think I can get them on the glider, you know? And like, literally I'm thinking this and this aeropima comes up and blows up on these peacock bass. Just goes, oh. boosh. Like I seen all these peacock, just like sardines go, oh, and this like big fish, 350 pounder or whatever. It yeah. blows up. And I went, oh, fuck. And I go down on my, you know, my, my bag and pull out my, my, my jigs and I roll them out in front of the guides and I just pull out the 250 fire tiger. And I showed the guide. I said, what do you think? Kevin, good. good <laughs> so, I'm, so, you know, here I am like shaking, tying this thing on. Well, actually, I clipped it on because I, I, back then I was using a t- titanium leader, like a two and a half oh. foot titanium leader to 80 pound. Yeah. With like a 12 turn San Diego knot on the, on the braid. And I clipped this, this 250 on and, and the thing had rolled and the, and the ripples are literally still dissipating. You know, so I go, man, he's probably right there. And I, I throw past the ripple. I let it sink down and I just do a big snap and a glide. And I start following the 250 with my rod, you know, and it just goes, it's the hardest bite in freshwater fishing. Like they inhale it just, and I go, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, it comes up and it tail walks, Kevin, you got a big one. Fucking things go, <laughs> and um, Steve had followed me in, in a chase boat because he knew this, this lagoon was called Primus. There was, uh-huh. a, you know, they have different names on these different lagoons. Uh-huh. You porter the boat in certain lagoons and other ones you can drive into. And he goes, Kev, there's a big one in this lagoon. So it was kind of the fish that we were fishing for. Mm-hmm. And it comes up and tailwalks. I go, fuck, I got it, you know. <laughs> Fight it for 45 minutes or whatever it was, you know, wear it out, get it close to the boat. And I'm like, shit, so all three of us have to jump in with this thing. And uh, that's kind of the gnarly parts getting in with them because they're so solid. Like their bodies are super solid yeah. and their head's all bone. Fuck. And if they... I don't know if you've seen like shit on YouTube because I was kind of YouTube in these things because I didn't even know what the hell they what were. What is the I, one where uh, the dude, uh, what's that dude that has the biggest show? You know, the, the river monster dude? Yeah, he got hit in the chest with one. Yeah, right? I, I stayed where, <laughs> it where, he, st- him where up, he stayed dude. in that village. Like, oh, he did, did you? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I went to his like, hut. yeah, it was a trip. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. But um, yeah, I was like, fuck, if this thing hits me in the head, it'll fuck me up. And, you know, and, it's like getting hit with the bat. Yeah, head, it's, right? well, see, it can kill you. Like, it can knock you out Fuck, and stuff. Dude. And um, I don't, it was just, it was just surreal. Like trying to wrap your arms around it and control it. Like three of us had it, and and it would literally like just thrash and shake three, you know, men off of yeah. it and go back out. And I was holding the rod like, and I'd be fighting it from chest deep of water, and I'd get it back in. Shit. We'd all wrap our arms around it again. And the two fifty by this time, the two fifties fucking thrash. Like it's just mauled and like all the treble hooks 4x trebles are all straightened and i can see one barb but it was dug into the bone of his jaw one barb yeah and i'm just like oh my god i gotta gotta get a picture of this thing you know you know i want the photo so steve's in the in the chase boat kind of sitting outside of us with his guide and um i got the photo i picked it up like we finally got it up put the rod in my mouth you know that's the phoenix thing put the rod in your mouth whatever you know cool i'll take the photo put the rod in my mouth make everybody happy got the photo and like it's a rad shot where the guy on the head of it's moving and the mouth's open it's like big enough that you can shoot a basketball into it and, oh, dude 
and Steve was all oh, that was probably a three hundred and fifty pounder, Kev. I mean that was I was Shit. like fuck, that was And that swim bait held up, bro. The swim bait <laughs> held up. You know what I mean? And then I just then once I went to the two fifty, the next day I hooked three of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that was the key. Oh, huh? I just started fucking them up. Like it just everything <laughs> came together. I like, go, okay, this is the way I'm gonna do it, and just you know get into my gliding thing. Like I'm fishing largemouth bass. Yeah, and, yeah. Did you have all that on video too? Oh uh, yeah, I got really? all, all on video, all cast to cast. I got the whole thing. You know, the whole thing's kind of. Is sick. that just your own private video then? That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I put up like little clips of yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, but I have. But it wasn't for like a a DVD or something. I haven't no? done one. Okay. You know, everybody's like, Kev, you should do one. You know. Like I, was, like, like I was, whatever, t- right? like I was, like I was telling you, dude. I don't care about all this Hollywood shit. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's just the fishing. Yeah. Like you want to send me on a trip? I would love to fish. Yeah. That's the main thing. Being a rock star, whatever else, insta famous. Hey, you know, I'm, I could take it or leave it, dude. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like overrated. Yeah. Just a cool outlook, man. Yeah, definitely. What um? What about? Let's talk about another one. Your saltwater. Saltwater. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You got a pretty crazy, crazy story in your boat, right? Which one was that one? The Marlin. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was um, that was kind of another one of them things where uh, I just had that goal. That was so you had that you're like, oh, oh I'm going to do this. This oh, is had, what I'm going to do. I had the absolute okay. focus. That was you know because I've been in so many um, small boat situations, you know, where I I had that 12 foot aluminum and basically we busted that thing all up to the point where it was like sinking. <laughs> then we had a you know Sears Game Fisher plastic boat. Yeah, broke that thing up too. You know. Um, like you a, took that to Baja too. Took that to Baja fishing? too. Yeah, I, I, we <laughs> took the, the plastic boat down there. Two tin boats. Um, like I said, we flipped it once going out, once coming in. Fuck. Um, but honestly, I try to be careful doing these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like the thing is kind of like the rattlesnake thing, where everybody goes, "Ah, oh, he's fucking crazy. He's going to get bit." Well, if you don't get bit and you're able to do these things, obviously you have some ability. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I look at it like if I do everything right. You know, I'm not the crazy man because I'm really not. You know, yeah. I'm I'm very meticulous and calculated how you do these things. Otherwise, you fuck up. Yeah, the guy's gonna fuck up the first time he picks one up. You know, I've, I've went with guys and they go, "Man, you make it look so easy." Well, don't do it, dude. Have like, you been with someone that got bit? No, knock on wood. Again. No, but I've had I've had <laughs> other people think that they can just pick them up, oh, and it man. just doesn't. You know, it's 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 just like anything else. If somebody's been doing something for a very very long time and yeah. they're, and they're adept at it, they make it look real easy. Mm-hmm. You know. But um, that blue marlin, you know, because I've been into the bass boat thing, you know, Kit Cantner called me up about that um, that '87 Ranger, and he was just like, "Kev, I got a boat for you." And this is back when I had the tin boats, mm-hmm. you know. And I go, well, "What do you got?" And he goes, "Well, I got a Ranger bass boat." I'm all, "Man, can't you know, Kit? I don't have money for a Ranger. <laughs> you know, you kidding me? Like, I'm kind of, yeah. kind of low budget. You know what I mean?" And He's oh I didn't ask you that. What I was saying is I got a boat for you. You know what do you got? Kit's awesome, Cantner man. He's, yeah, he's you know he's he's a friend and a homie and a real dude. And he's like, what do you got? I said, dude, I got like like thirty five hundred bucks. He goes sold. Shit. I, and I was like, dude, that's awesome, Kit. You know. <laughs> and then he told me he goes he goes I just think that you'll use this boat more than anybody. Yeah. You know. And um, I said I'm gonna man. Like you're you're taking <laughs> me to a, you know to go from a tillered. 12 foot tin boat to an actual like bass boat. I don't care what year it is, whatever. It yeah. Floats. It's a Great Lakes Ranger boat, you know? So it's this is a Ranger, like a bass, largemouth bass boat, right? Yeah. Not yeah. like a center console. Like, a- no, it's a freaking, it's a, actually like a Great Lakes walleye boat. Okay. So it has a little bit. It's got high, a little bit gun on it. It's got a little little sides to it. Okay, you know, not yeah. too much. It's got a, you know, recessed area. You know, yeah. The front, the front bow, you know, you can be up leveled in the front. And I, 
the, st- the story with that bass boat too is so I get the boat right, go in, test the motor, this and that, things work. I go. Uh, what size motor does it have? It had a ninety Merc okay. on it. Yeah, ninety. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, they had this tournament. They opened up that Marinas, the uh, Salinas Marina, and this is kind of an area where I extensively fished with the tin boat for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there was some prize money. You know, I'm not really a derby guy, but I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I need this money to <laughs> pay for this boat. You yeah, know, right? And um, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this boat down. And I I reached out to my buddy Pete, and he couldn't fish it whatever and i go you know i'm gonna fish it myself because i got no problem going fishing by myself or whatever so i trailer the boat down and uh as i'm trailering it down this is 2004 as i'm trailering the boat down here comes the plagia guys you know mike curtis and a couple of the plagia guys in this big race truck and they're trailering down there it wasn't a yacht or nothing. it was a bigger boat yeah i don't remember what it was parker whatever it was mm-hmm. and he trailers by me and um I remember Curtis looking out the window on the passenger side and we made eye contact. And, you know, here I'm driving my four banger Toyota, you know, trailer and a bass boat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mike said they all laughed. He said everybody in the truck kind of like goes, what the fuck? Look at this, this guy with a fucking bass boat. You know, they're <laughs> laughing. And um, Curtis, Curtis kind of turns around to the guys and he goes, well, it's one of two things with that guy. He either totally knows what he's doing. He's going to kick ass and win the tournament or he's fucking going to sink his boat. And then, you know, they laughed about it. You yeah. Yeah. And um, go to the harbor, and there's just all these big boats and shit. And I'm the only guy, and obviously a fucking bass boat, you know. And um, and what was the tournament for? Uh, it was just uh, just like a, a derby, you know, biggest inshore, biggest offshore, overall okay. overall fish, you know. And offshore categories were like tuna, yellowtail. Um, basically, that inshore was you know all bottom fish, you know, calico bass. Um, I think sea bass was the inshore. Okay, but um. So the swell was cracking pretty good, you know, and I hadn't really driven the bass boat in the ocean much, but, um, I was really adept at the small boat in the ocean though, you know, actually driving it through the swell. You knew how to drive. Dude, you got to drive it. Like you yeah. have to back off the throttle, coast down waves, you know, give it a little gas here and you have to drive. Oh, I've it. learned. Oh, you know, well, you, you know, with your boat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But what, but when you have really no freeboard on, on yeah. those little boats, like you take one wave and like, you got to pull the plug, start yeah. running the thing to, to drain it. And, um, you know, long story short, I barely made it out of the harbor and I rode right on the transom on the way out. You know, they're, they're, they're coming out of the harbor and I'm just right behind them. And all those dudes came out and they were just watching me. And right when we clear the harbor, I'm like, yeah, I just gave it some gas and I just cleared this wave. I like jumped out and like did a kick out with the boat. Like I went, boosh, and I landed and I literally was like, yeah. Like I looked at them like, what's up? Like you, you, you laughing at me? You know, I just, I don't know. I just felt like, um, I felt like I'm going to show you guys. Like I was going to show you feel like I, the, the fucking crocodile. Fucking I, 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 I said, fuck, I'm going to show all you guys, you know, right now what's up. And, and you know, I luckily did, you know, I, I won the overall and the inshore and the, I won everything. No yeah. I won, won it all. What a, that's amazing. Yeah. What was the fish? Like? I had a 39 pound yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I caught that. Um, did you know the pelagic guys before this? No. So that you met him after, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I'd seen their hat. I did saw they come it. up to you and go, "What the fuck?" Well, they How had a, did you? They kind of sponsored the derby, so they had um, like a jacket, like a little prize package, like a, a hurricane jacket and a hat, a couple shirts. Like so I was stoked. Like, a, you know, I I come in and I weigh the yellow in alive, and that's a pretty funny story too because I got a big bench live well in, in the bass boat. Mm-hmm. Get this thirty nine pound yellow, stuck it with the gaff right into the well. Close the lid, got the water circulating, you know, and I've got a big bench. The thing's thrashing, thrashing, thrashing. Yeah. And um, 
I come in, I, I put an eight pounder, a calico bass had an eight and a half in the Shit, other well. dude. Yeah. So I had two wells in the boat and I'm thinking like, man, I, 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 I might've pulled this off. You know, I might've did this. And, um, I come in, bring my fish up to the scale alive, like Shit, totally live. Like dude. it's thrashing yeah. as I'm washing, walking up the dock with this yellow and I hang it on the scale and there's just all these oohs and ahs and just, you know, it's things like thrashing. Okay. Kev, it's, you know, 39, whatever, whatever it was. And I'm thinking like, okay, cool. I come back to the bass boat and I'm, I'm wiping down the bass boat. And here comes the plagiar guys and they pull up and slip right next to me. And this dude jumps off the boat and, um, I don't know if he'd been drinking or who the guy was or who I mean, it wasn't Mike or anybody. It was some, yeah. I think Mike told me later, it's just some Yahoo guy they brought for the hell of it. Just wanted to go down there and drink beer and party or whatever, yeah. but that's cool. But he jumped out with like a 20, I think it was 29 or whatever. And he, he goes, we got this derby, man. He's all, he's all running down the dock kind of, yeah, man. And literally I watched the dude run all the way down the dock and run all the way up to the scale. <laughs> and then my fish is still flopping on the scale, <laughs> you know? And then literally it, you can you hear, all, see his head go, fuck, oh. you hear all the air go. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. Oh, he hangs it on the scale and it comes back down. And you know, Mike and those dudes are like, so what's up? You know what? what? And he goes, dude somebody got a like a 39 pounder man it's, it's on the scale right now and just weighed it in and and then at one of the guys oh, it's probably that fucking guy in the bass boat and then i was wiping the butt i go to turn around i said yeah it was it was it was the fucking guy in the bass boat and they were just like oh man they were actually really cool they were like, yeah and that's awesome dude and and I said, yeah, I got the inshore too. And I weighed in the calico alive and I released it in front of everybody and they were tripping on that oh, too. Oh, no way. Which was rad. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. You know? And um, fuck, Mike comes up. He's all, bro, you know, pelagic, you know, we're stoked on you, mm-hmm. this and that. Here's a jacket. Here's the hat, whatever, man. If you want, you know, you're pelagic for life. Just, you know, take take photos or promote the products. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm actually doing this thing with Graphite USA and I fish on the qualifier, you know. I know the qualifier is a pelagic boat. So it's like a perfect timing a lot of things for me like fell in a place at a perfect time. Oh, cool. Next time you go on the, on a next charter, come up to Pelagic and we'll give you a box for the boat and a box for you. And Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, and that was 2004, so they'd only been around for like two years. And i kind yeah. of been there since the, the whole— beginning, Yeah, the so I've man. watched the whole—everything with it, you know, which is pretty fortunate, you know, to what they are nowadays. And now, you know, they're like, hey, hey we got—now I'm fishing the XL. You know, now it's like— this year I have two eight days, you know, one one with Phoenix, one with Pelagic, a uh, ten day with Phoenix, and a sixteen day, all in the Excel. So damn fortunate. Yeah. What does your wife think of all this? Um, she, <laughs> she. It's one of those things where you know. Is it just your thing? Yeah. Well, I just told her when I met her. Like this, this is what I do. This is what I do. Yeah, it's nice. This, and who I am. Like, yeah. I'm, and I'm not changing. Yeah. Like this is this is just. You know, her dad was a commercial fisherman in Kona. Oh, okay. You know, old school Hawaiian dude, you know, Al Gonzalez. Like, <laughs> so hey. she knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he met me, hey, brother, what's up, man? Like, he's, he's like, yeah. you know. And then I went over there and surfed and stuff because I was surfing all the time. Yeah. And I've just surfed and fished and hiked and just kind of done this all my Did life. Did you meet your wife over there? Uh, I met her on the boardwalk. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I met her on the boardwalk. That's cool, PB. Man. Yeah. I was, um, I was lifting weights. Getting and swole? Not getting swole. Just, you know, <laughs> just you know, I'm like a buck sixty five. You know what I mean? But but back then, like um, I was all into the weight thing. You know, and I'm one of those guys that could jump up on the pull up bar and like just bang them out. Where like yeah. some guy will look at me and be like twice as big as me, and he'll be like, "Man, this guy just did 25 pull ups, yeah. 70 bar dips, and just yeah. that's the way I, you know, I did that too." And I was, you know, I was weighing like a buck sixty something, and I wanted to bench 300. You know, that was kind of my goal. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I was lifting. Did you hit it? I came close. That's I did 285. That's a I did, great fucking, I did yeah, 285 dude. three separate times. That's two, nice. Yeah. I One time I almost did 315 where I just threw three plates on there. And That's I was hard, like, I, I, I was weighing like 168 at that time. And I had it. And the guy gave me a one finger bump on the bar. And he fucked it up. It. I was like, dude, that's what I told him. I, <laughs> I said, I had it. Cause I was just, a, <laughs> you know, and I had it. But, um, but anyway, um, her cousin was in the, was in the weightlifting class. Okay. And, um, you know, she, he, he told her, Hey man, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's a Howley guy, you know, in the class. And he just kind of does his thing in the corner. He's real quiet. The guy doesn't make, cause a lot of guys are all, no, of know, course. It's bro, a gym, bro, right? bro. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's about good form. Yeah. And if you can lift it with good form, you don't need to do all that shit. Truth be told. You know, and I, I'm like, I'm about good form and doing, you know, right. And, you know, I was just kind of repping out and I just had my routine. And, uh, you know, I asked the, uh, the coach in the weightlifting was like, Hey, can I, can I stay an extra hour? So I was doing two hours, you know, two hours a day, five days a week. And then I was lifting on off days too, all the time. But, um, he was, he was impressed with the flat bench with me. Like he, he was pretty skinny at the time and he wanted a bench just 225, you know, two plates on a side. And I'm like, all right, dude, we'll get you up to it. We're going to do this tricep extensions yeah. and, and bit bar dips. And we're going to like build up your pushups, narrow grip, wide grip, and like build your chest to be able to do this 225. Mm-hmm. Eventually did 225, but that was kind of, he was the guy that kind of was the catalyst, you know, for that. And, you know, I ended up talking to her on the phone and, um, I said, hey, I live on the boardwalk. I'm going to ride my bike down the boardwalk. And then met her South Mission, went from there. Wow, dude. How long have you guys been married? Uh, I think it's 23 years. Congrats, dude. Mm-hmm. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Does she fish? Um, she fishes a little bit. Nothing like? No. When no. you guys go on vacation or something, if you're fishing? I'm pretty go. much fishing. You know, my vacations <laughs> right now have been these trips and stuff. So um, it's hard to pass up these trips. You know? I bet. I bet. For me, they're all just, it's such a privilege and a dream. You know, it's like, uh, I feel like every trip that I go on, I just, I know, I can't believe it. It's like, wow, how am I in this, in this position? You know, like I get Phoenix rods or Kuma reels. Yeah. I get a trip, you know, I get geared up by Pelagic. You know, these people really treat me well. You know, I feel like this obligation, like all I have to do is go catch them. You know, so every trip I always look at, like, I just got to fish hard. You know, yeah. I get guys on the trip, they come up to me and they're like, hey, I want to catch a 200 pounder or whatever. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, motherfucker, I'm going to wake you up whatever <laughs> night, what day, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to bed. We're going to fish 18, 20, whatever it takes, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then when uh, they get one, to see somebody that's stoked to get one's pretty cool. You know? Right? Yeah, seeing people catch their PBs or, you know, bringing buddies at yeah, fish. Yeah, you know, to actually kind of contribute something, you know? It's like, it's like, for me, I know the original stoke on all this stuff, and to see it's pretty cool. 
Definitely. Well, let's talk about your Marlin. Oh, yeah. Back to Blue Marlin. <laughs> oh, Blue Marlin. So that's a grab. The, sto- the story I've heard is amazing. So I, I don't want to hear it out of your the mouth. Blue Marlin. <laughs> so, so, like I was saying, you know, it's all about running these missions. Like mm-hmm. my whole life's been, okay, we're going to run this mission. We're going to, you know, I, like I said, you know, ride my bike from Miramis to Hodges, the fish bass, you mm-hmm. know, in grade school or whatever. But I go, man, I want to catch a Blue Marlin because I know they're around. And to me, I like to do the kind of shit that's kind of, I wouldn't say unequivocal, but I like to do things that are like, I, I set the own, my own bar where I'm like, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If given the opportunity. And I'm all, man, these Marlin are close enough. You know, they're on the nine mile, you know, and um, I don't remember who got, well, I was there when um, Cody Wakefield got his mm-hmm. off Oceanside. We happened to be up there and I was in a yacht and he made this call like, hey, can anybody help me? I got this big blue Marlin on. And um, Cody was in a, in a small boat, and I actually jumped in the boat with him when they'd already gaffed it and had it on a rope, and we had to pull this 500 and... Oh, fuck. It's like dude. a 525-pounder, whatever it was. Shit, You know, it was dude. a big, big, big fish. <laughs> but um, it was just cool talking to Cody, too. The guy's a great fisherman, uh-huh. down to earth, and his dad was a fisherman, so he's got that rootsy thing. And uh, it was pretty rad. Like, he's all, dude, I just wanted to catch this so my dad could see it. and oh, you know, amazing. Some guy gave him shit for killing it. You know, a few people did. You know, and I get it. I get it. Because yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to kill mine. I didn't. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're going to catch one fish in your lifetime local, you know, at, that you kill, I mm-hmm. mean, dude. It's got to be it. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I mean, a sortie, right? Yeah. You're not going to let a sortie go. <laughs> or, or a blue marlin, you yeah. know? I mean, if you've caught them in Cabo or you're a Marlin guy or whatever, yeah, you're going to let it go. And I plan on letting it go. I've caught them in Cabo too. Mm-hmm. And I've caught plenty of Marlin, but um, out of the bass boat. Yeah. So I'd done, uh, I'd done probably six trips with no fish, you know, and I was dragging big Marlin jigs and uh, marauders, you know, I'd, I'd switch them out and try to get a Wahoo. I want to get a big Wahoo too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went and I do these big loops where what I would do is I'd normally head south, kind of out towards the islands and go out on the nine and kind of go out that way and do a big loop around. And then I would head north in the afternoon before the northwest wind would come up. And then I would kind of surf the wind back in to Dana. And um, that's what I was doing. I went all the way out to the island, trolled the jigs all day, I'm, you know, kind of typical nothing. You know, I'm hoping for one bite. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trolling a bass boat. I put... Um, <laughs> I put recessed rod holders in the corners, you okay. know, and uh, my spread's so narrow, you know, I'm trying to keep them out of the proper wash and I'm just, I'm doing big zigzags, trying to get them out in the clean water and, um, you know, no love. And I get out there and it's getting dark. So it's probably, uh, I don't know, seven o'clock or whatever it is. And literally the sun had gone down. Like there's still light in the sky and the sun had just dipped and pulled the lures in. I'm thinking like, fuck, another day, you know, no fish. I'm like, oh, God, I just want that one bite. I want that miracle. You yeah. Know, for me, it was almost like a miracle. Mm-hmm. One. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man. So I start tied everything down and strap my rods down because I just, I lay them on the bench seat and strap them down. And I start running and I come to this nice clean water, the best water I'd seen all day. Uh-huh. It's very intuitive, you know, and I see, I see a bunch of flyers take off, you know, more flyers than I've seen all day. And I'm going, I'm going, oh man, this is the best water I've seen all day, you know, I got, I got just a handheld GPS, nothing. I don't even use my radio. I got a handheld radio. I never, yeah. turn, I never turn it on. You know, I don't, I'm not into the radio chat or anything. Yeah. I, I like to go Ponga style where I'm just doing it on my own and just trying to. Um, so I see these flyers take off and I kick the boat and I idle. I'm just thinking like, man, should I put them back out? If I put them back out right now, I'm going to come back in the dark. But no big deal. You know, no lights on the boat, whatever. I've done it plenty of times. You know, just trim it way up. 
I said, all right, I'm going to put them out. Put the jigs out, start running, look back, had them set perfectly. By now, like the northwest wind had this nice rolling swell. Mm -hmm. I'm going down this rolling swell. And I look back and here come the jigs down this nice rolling swell. And I put out catchy tackle spinners just so I could troll fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, because I couldn't troll that fast with a plunger. Okay. And uh, so the, so the jigs are in the water and they're just running fucking perfect. Like they come up, grab some air and bubble, catchy tackle spinning, come up, grab a little air bubble. And I'm like, Oh shit. They look, I was just thinking, (laughs) I was thinking, God, they look money right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just that prime time lasts like 40, 40 minutes of light, you know? And I look back, I, I, and I just thought they're perfect. And I turn around back to the console and I go, all of a sudden, bam, you know, look left corner in the back, just goes off. Oh, and, and dude, my drag was Wahoo tight, you know, because I was, I was trolling for Wahoo kind yeah. of too, you know. So, so it was pretty tight. You know, I was fishing um, Makaira 30 with uh, 130 pound and a, and a, and a catchy with, uh, I think I had 200 pound floral. And um, the rod stays down. And just stays down. And, and, you know, I thought I had a Wahoo. So I, so I keep the boat in gear and make sure he's hooked. You know, I'm, I'm keeping it in gear. I'm kind of skipping along still as I throttle down. And the rod never wavered. It just... <laughs> I'm thinking like, fuck, this is a big Wahoo. You know, is it a Marlin? Nah. You know, and, it stay, and all of a sudden the thing comes up and jumps off the corner. And it does the full on like majestic, like old man in the sea. Like, <laughs> and it stays in the air. And then it just goes, and you're just fucking. And the first thing I thought, I go, fuck, my boat's not big enough. <laughs> like a, the first thing I thought, I go, oh my, I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Like it was almost too much. I go, fuck that thing's so big, you know, and the thing greyhounds again and goes, Kaboosh. and the rod still just pans in that specter makes that sound. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that tuna fish sound where it's just, <laughs> fucking still run and it jumps again and it goes onto its side and goes kaboosh and by now like the boat's starting to slow you know and i'm like i start i start turning the turning the wheel you know kind of kind of spinning the bow around to where i could i could actually lift it you know out of the rod holder mm-hmm. and i and i and i worked it out of the rod holder and you know i obviously keep the line tight keep the line tight keep the line tight and i go to the bow and just just holding it trying to stand there in the bow like my, my bow is so wishy-washy you can't really stand anywhere yeah. my, the only place you can really stand in my boat like is against the steering wheel when you brace up against it mm-hmm. and I, I go i go you know what i'm gonna do i had a i had a pedestal seat for freshwater bass that i don't really use so i had the pedestal seat out in the bow okay i go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit on my ass put the rod <laughs> in the hole i'm gonna put the rod yeah. in the hole where yeah. my pedestal seat is. i'm gonna lean back on him and i'm gonna let him tow my boat and that's what i did for three and a half hours oh you know i just i leaned back in the dark in the dark, yeah. So right now it was getting darker, and you know, every once every once in a while I could hear it, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing went down. Probably after two and a half hours, it went down. So it's just me just getting half cranks on it, you know. And I've done enough long range trips, you know, to yeah. fishing. You know, I pulled it, I pulled it out of that hole, and I walked up. And the only thing with any elevation on my boat is my trolling motor. So I take the rod and I lay it over the trolling motor, got it in low. You know, I'm kind of bumping my drag up and I'm just getting these nice little half cranks. Like the swell would come up, get a nice high crank. I'm just getting half cranks on them, getting half cranks on them. And I'm thinking, you know, I wanted to let them go. Mm-hmm. That was my my goal was to just catch it and let it go. But um, like three and a half hours into it. <laughs> right. You know, I'm thinking like, <laughs> well, maybe I might keep it, you know, yeah. but I still was kind of on the fence about it. But at this, you know, it wasn't really pulling anymore. It was kind of, it died. Mm-hmm. So it was straight up and down where I was just getting these half cranks. 
half print rods just loaded up, you know. And all of a sudden, this bill, I go, God, he's getting close. I got the leader on. You know, mm-hmm. once the leader came on, I went, oh, shit. Like, it's time. Yeah. Yo, it's time. You know, I had, I have two gaffs. I have a tail rope. You know, I was prepared. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, this bill pops up. It's like as long as my arm and then some. And it's big, like a baseball bat. It just goes, chonk. It, it just came straight up. And the fish kind of kind of just went, gunk, and it never moved. Just stuck him right in the head with the gaff. Never twitched. And I went, I went, oh, he's dead. You know, I said, wow, I guess my problem solved. I'm, yeah. You know, my dilemma of releasing it or keeping it. And I'm like, oh, man, what now? <laughs> you know, I did, and I'm all. And how far are you? And, I, and I'm, uh, I was on the outside the nine. Okay. You know, so I was on the on kind of the north end of it there. Okay. And I'm in U.S. waters, which was pretty cool. And um, I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, I've got no lights on my boat. I've just got this little. <laughs> GPS and yeah. you know, I'm like I'm like okay this is going to be some real shit right here you know yeah. and I was thinking you know I have I owe it to this fish to get it in mm-hmm. you know I don't want to kill this thing for nothing and honestly this will be my greatest achievement yeah you know at this point I go I go this is what I've really kind of lived my whole life for like this fish, will yeah. be the old man in the sea fish like if I can pull this off so I you know I put a line through his gill plate and uh, I put the rope over my shoulder. And I walk up to the bow and I'm just pulling with everything I've got to try to get his head into my boat. And my transom with my motor was, was so narrow. I mean, shit, dude, it's like this table, really, yeah. you know? And I, I could I could get his bill up and his head and I, I just couldn't get past his pectorals. Like I kind of pulled the pectoral and I was just giving it everything hot. And I, I, turned, I, you know, I tied it off to the cleat and then I you know, take a deep breath and fucking gather the line up again. And try, I tried that for like an hour and something, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't going to work. I can't get it in my boat. So, Okay, you know what? Literally, I'm going to go old man in the sea style. I'm going to tie this bitch off to the side of my boat. So I go up to the trolling motor, line through the gills, tie it off through the cleat, tie it off to my trolling motor. Another line around the tail, but, you know, the, the, the bill and the head is all the way up by my bow. And the tail's three quarters, you know, my, my boat's 17 foot. It's three quarters of the length of my boat. <laughs> the fucking tail's like... <laughs> Like, like, I mean, it's like a good width, you know? Fuck, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Thank crazy. And by now it's pitch black. Like, it's just pitch black. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. How am I going to do this, you know? And so I tie off the tail and I start trying to run it. And like, already, like, it's hard to run my boat because you got to trim it way up to mm-hmm. get to get the bow up to be able to not take on. Because I've speared a couple waves and had them just literally rolling my boat. So that's yeah. the worst case scenario. Yeah. And, um. I'm like, okay, I'm going to trim this thing away. And there was so much lean to with the with the marlin tied off mm-hmm. that I would kind of go skip, skip. I wasn't I wasn't even near on plane, but I would kind of go skip, 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 and almost want to roll the boat. And I go, whoa, I'd freak out. I'd go fucking back it off to neutral, let the boat ride itself, and then go again. And I would kind of try to like compensate as I was. It was like the total gnarliest driving it through the swells ever. Yeah, and um, I'm just making these adjustments, making these adjustments. Just I'm just staying real calm the whole time, just trying to like so I can think. You know, and I'm like, I just have to do this. Like, I just have to make it back because no one's going to believe this. <laughs> no one's going to believe yeah, this. Yeah, this is just yeah. a, it'll be a story, you know, and it's another one of them just bullshit stories. And I'm like, I just have to accomplish this. And, uh, you know, I get a quarter of the way back and, and, and I pick up my gas tank and there's no fuel. So I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I'm pretty much out of fuel. So I run this big, like 20 gallon tank in the back and I have like four or five gallon tanks in front of that. So I basically have 40 gallons. So mm-hmm. I know like, Okay, if I run my big tank till it's empty, these four cans will fill my big tank. So if I go out f- that far with one tank, I have four to come back. So mm-hmm. I can judge my distance by that. That's kind of what I do. Um, it's like, okay, I got to fill the tank. 
and I'm like, it'll probably take me at least three cans to make it back in. So I'm, I'm transferring the fuel over while I'm on the drift with the Marlin tied off. And I mean, it sounds crazy, but I swear to God, a hammerhead came up on me with this thing tied off. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, fuck, if it gets shark bit, you know, it's another, you know, bullshit story. Uh, I came yeah. up with shark bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I could kind of see it, you know, in the moonlight and shit, cause it's just dark, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm like, oh my God, I just got to pull this off. You know, I just got to stay calm and just I, at least before the boat sinks or anything, I just have to make the Harbor, you know, so I can make it in, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I got to make it back. So I transfer the fuel, get the back boat going again. You know, I, I finally get my phone where I have actual phone service. I remember I sent out a message. I don't know what it was, Facebook or some, some, some somebody. I just said, Hey, I got this big blue Moreland strapped to the side of my boat. And I said, I just, I just want to make it in, you know, mm-hmm. I hope to make it in. And um, just working my way towards the harbor, you know, Dana Landing, working my way in, and lobster pots are there. So I'm steering around lobster pots, and I've got no lights, I have no spotlight, mm-hmm. I'm just a flashlight, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm stealing around lobster pots, and I remember I, I finally cleared the harbor, and I was just like, <laughs> "Yes!" <laughs> I said, "Oh my!" I bet that I was like, quite. How long did it take you to get oh to the God, harbor, dude? It was it was midnight, you know. Fuck. It was like midnight, yeah. So it was. Shit. Yeah, it was it's so. So I make the harbor, and at this point, it was just, oh man, I I think I did it, you know. And I I, mm-hmm. I just I just have the boat barely above idle, you know. I come in, I come into the dock at Dana, and I tie off, and I got the Marlin tied to the side, and people start coming down, you know, people that had saw the message or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Like Kelly G came down, and, and uh, Hinkle came down, you know, Andrew Hinkle, because I took him out. And we trolled for Marlin with him. We didn't get one. Um, handful of people came down and uh, all these lobster guys were just tripping. They were launched in their boats, fish lobster. Like, yeah. Like, dude, is that a, is that a blue Marlin tied to your boat? I said, I said yeah, it's a, it's a blue Marlin. They're like, Whoa, dude. And people like jumping in my boat, taking pictures. And I started yeah. seeing some people that I knew, you know, and they were just like, Whoa, you know, this is crazy, man. They, you know, you got that thing. Yeah. Are they bass boat? I said, yeah, yeah, man. I got this out of my bass boat. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So then, <laughs> You know, people started coming down. I was like, hey, can anybody help me pull this thing into my boat? You know, and, and, and it took three of us to lift it up over oh. the side. And that's that one picture I got where I'm yeah, laying it across the bow. Yeah. And um, I go, I got to weigh this thing at Dana tomorrow. So I spent the night with it in the bow of the boat. <laughs> just tripping the oh, whole night. Tri- huh? Dude, Hinkle came down. You know, we celebrated. Had a couple beers. He hung out with me all night long. A bunch of people just kept coming and going. Shit. and um it was just wild. Open up the scales at Dana and put that thing on the scale. It was three fifteen and just, Fuck, man. yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I was on a, I was on like a, I was on a high for about a week, like more than I've ever been bet, on anything yeah. with fishing. Like yeah. I just was like, I said, man, I really think I kind of did something. Like it was you, almost like climbing Everest or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I felt yeah. like I'd finally, finally, like just, just like justified my life. You know, I, I, at that point, I go like, I, I put so much into this. Like to have it come yeah. together for me and just, I go, this is just like, this is just the pinnacle for me. And yeah. I, you know, and I, I, for Kit, you know, Kit Cantner to, to give me the boat and say, Kiv, and I know you'll do the most with you it. You did. I, <laughs> I fucking did it. You know what? I did it, dude. Yeah, like I did it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was a pretty um, life-changing moment. Everything else now is gravy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, there'll be other cool things like, you know, Arapaima and stuff are cool. Like, you know, I had one on the last trip that's probably 500 pounds and I fought for two and a half hours and, you know, I didn't get a picture with it. But I, I honestly, 
the guys were like, Kev, you're just, I wasn't panicked or nothing. I just, dude, you know what? I, I, I feel like I kind of did something. Yeah. I kind of did something pretty cool there. Wow, dude. Pretty cool. What's your uh, PB Calico? Uh, I got a couple or 10. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That I've put on the scale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I have another one, another one I never put on the scale. I don't know how big it was. It's a really big one. Bigger than the 10? It was a bigger one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big one, dude. Like there's, every once in a while you get that one, you're like, oh, it's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> that one um, was a good fish. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really care about the scale too much. Do you never, you never fish any tournaments really then, huh? Mm, fished the W, the WN stuff uh-huh. a few times. Oh, did you? Um, Freshwater yeah. too? Uh, no. Never no. freshwater. Yeah, I fished uh, the Calico tournament a few times down um, Hotel Corral. Okay. I think we got a couple of thirds, you know. Um, it's not your... I just, I don't know, dude. I just don't care about it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool. The competi- I'm a very competitive person, uh-huh. but um, I don't know, man. I just, like I said, I just like to run these missions and get away from all that kind of stuff. and Your own tournament in your head. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I've got my own like big fish tournament. Like I always want to catch a big one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you're always thinking like, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a trophy hunter, but that's kind of what I do. You know, I've kind of always, always been that way. Like I always want to catch a big one. Like, what's it going to take? You know, how hard do I have to fish? Like, what do I got to do? Do I have to go ten trips fishless? Do I have to throw this big bait and nothing but? I mean, I'll do it. Like fishing the frog or the buzzer or whatever. <laughs> I put so much time into that frog and butt. Really. I'm more, I'm more proud of those fish than I am swimming. Your frog, fish. your frog my fish. My frog fish. Yeah, what's your a, big frog? I, fish? I got a thirteen, on a, a large mouth on the frog. Fuck, yeah, dude. that was fucking radical. Too. Tell that story, oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, cool. That fish was actually, on a frog, dude. Yeah, that was a rad story too. That was. Um, they just released the King Daddy, right? Uh-huh. The big frog. So everybody's throwing these little sumo frogs, right? <clears throat> and me and Johnny were fishing, you know, up in the mountains. And John's a great fisherman, Kerr. He's a, the best bass fisherman I've ever been with. A great overall fisherman. Okay, and. Uh, you know, he kind of showed me the ins and outs of the frog. You know, Johnny's really good at that. Learned a bit of the frog. And me, I'm always trying to build on the bite, right? So you show me something, I'm thinking like, fuck, how can we do this differently? How can we add on to this? And how can we we get better and work together to make this a better bite, right? Yeah. So showed Johnny the King Daddy, and I'd been throwing it over Santee Lakes and stuff, get big ones. Like, guys just throwing small frog, no bites. I walk up, eight-pounder on the King Daddy, you know Shit. what I mean? I had one over there, was probably 10 on the King Daddy as well. So I knew, and the way that I was fishing, it was completely different than most guys. You know, I'm fishing it more like a dying bird, more than, see the frog guys, most of them would throw it out and walk, 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 and then straight wind. And, you know, they're trying to make it look like a frog. Me, I would throw it out and rod tip, and I'm turning into a bird, like a struggling coot mm-hmm. or a mud hen. Mm-hmm. And the color that I was fishing was rainforest, which to me is a mud hen, because you look at a mud hen, they're black and yellow, right? So all you see is legs and wings, and if it's struggling, and if it's that little you know, hatchling size that they're eating. Yeah. It's the perfect bite size snack. So anyway, so, uh, we were fishing, uh, we we're fishing Maca, right. And, um, they've got this buoy line there and back then nobody really run a buoy line and you never see a boat or there or anything. And, um, we we're reaching out with long casts with the sumo frog and I was casting a little further with uh, um, King daddy, but there's such a small body of water back there. And I was looking at these big weed mats off the bank in the middle that I couldn't reach. Mm hmm. And I was like, man, there's got to be a big motherfucker in one of them weed mats out there because we haven't been touching it. Nobody yeah, has. Yeah. I go, you know what? I'm going to dust off my float tube because I used to float tube quite a bit. I go, I'm make a run out there and I'm going to bring the tube. Johnny's like, oh, cool. So next trip, I bring the float tube. And I brought my sister and my son up there, you know, hiking around. They'd hike the lake yeah. when I'm fishing. And, and Johnny was there with Jordy, his son. 
So um, it was pretty cool. That was the coolest part of it. It's like everybody saw it, like from the blow up to everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, I put my fins on and shit, had my frog tied on. I remember Johnny looked at me and he was like, you bastard, you. He's like, you're going to eat a fucking big one right now. Yeah. And I was shaking my head like, yeah, man, watch this, bro. Like, I think, I'm, I, think I might, you yeah. know? So I kick out there. And it was kind of funny. I go, I go to the biggest, most prominent mat and I fan cast this mat, you know, and I'm fishing all the corners and all the edges where I think a fish might be. And nothing happened. Didn't get a blow up, nothing. And and I'm kind of in the middle where everybody can see me. Like Johnny's looking at me. Jordy's fishing a different part. Um, everybody can, but I'm right in the middle. And Johnny was saying, dude, I was watching you the whole time. And then it was kind of funny. I, I kick away from the big mat and there's a smaller mat. It's probably two trash can lids. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. It's like a kelp offshore. You find yeah. this giant kelp with nothing and you find this trash can lid that's plugged. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same deal. And, <laughs> I, I do this kind of half-hearted, backhanded, just flip to it. And it was like 20 feet away. And I just kind of land up on the mat. Poof. I crawl it off the edge and start doing the... And thing just goes... And 13 eats it. And like I gave it the little hesitation and went... And I stuck it. And Johnny was Johnny told me later, he's oh bro, I saw when it blew up and I, I heard him all go, oh. And then he goes, I saw your hesitation. It was perfect. Like you just you gave it to him. Yeah, and you stuck Don't it. And you st- yeah. like, well, I'd, fish, I'd fish the weedless so much for calico bass. Yes, I have this thing when they eat it. A lot of people pull it from them, and I try. I just I try to wire it in my brain where I drop the rod tip and give it to them. You know, which is what I did with that frog. And I stick this thing, and it comes up and it wallows. And it, it was one of those toads that was so big and fat it really couldn't even jump. It kind yeah. of just wallowed, and I went, "I went, oh shit, that's a big one." And I'm like, I, you know, same kind of thing. I got to, I got to, I got to fucking convert right here because I don't get stoked until I have the fish in my hands. Like everybody freaks out. I try to do everything right and control the variables. And that freak I, out. And then when I get it in my hands, I'll freak out, you know, because you, you have to think with a clear mind exactly. and, and be able to convert. You know, it's more about. Great tip. That's a really good tip too. That's with catching big fish. To me, that's the number one thing. Cause on the trips, I'll see guys freak out and they'll be so crazy. And I'm like, dude, stop. Look at me right now. Relax. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. You know what I mean? You can get so crazy when he gets in the boat, but until that, you want a fish story, you want the fish. I hate fish stories. You know what I mean? Uh, to me, the, the fish story is the picture with you and it hands and yeah. the, con- the conversion and look at this fish is a big one, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I think they're ash and jump, spun around the tube. And um, I had this other fish earlier poke my tube and break my rod because it had gone under my tube and broke my rod and got off. It wasn't there though, but it was another big frog fish because mm-hmm. I was smashing them on that thing when I first got it because nobody was throwing it. Yeah. And um, the thing comes up and wallows and I lip it. I got it. And I hear Johnny, yeah. And, you know, I kick back and literally my, my sister and my son and, and Jordy and everybody ran to one spot on the bank to meet me when I came in, you know. <laughs> like you just hit a home yeah, run. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, Johnny, look at this. He's like, oh, shit, Kevin. He goes, he goes, that might be a teener, bro. You know, it might be a teener. And I was like, oh, man, on the frog, dude. Because that was the goal, you know, to catch one over 10 and like throw it on the scales, whatever it was, 13-2. And I waited like four different times. Till I took it off. I go, man, was it really 13? Johnny's like, dude, it's every bit of 13. And I put it back on the scale again, wait again, you know. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's oh, dude, I'm looking at it. It's 13. You know, and, yeah. I, and I checked my scale when I got home to make sure. Because I was just making sure, you know. No, of course. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to bullshit. But, um, yeah, I took some pictures of that thing and released it. And, um, yeah, that was um, that was a very. Is that your uh, PB? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've lost some on the frog. That's yeah. cool. On the frog, yeah. Usually you hear people saying swim bait. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some, you know, 12-pounders. i got a 12-6 on the swimmer. i got a lot of good ones on the swimmer. I just, I've lost, you know, that's a a fish story. I've got a couple of really good fish stories of, like, the the, the 16 or whatever it was, you know. And and 
those are the ones I shake my head, but the ones where I didn't do anything wrong, it's just bad luck. But, um, yeah, the buzzer fish too, you know, I got a 12, four in the buzzer. Shit. Dude. Those are the biggest fish that I know of wow. on, on those. On, you yeah. Know, you know, it's I know. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kellen, Kellen got a big one on the frog up there too. He didn't weigh it or he might've, but he, he said it was 13, 14 too. So Shit, dude, that's fucking huge. But those were the early days. That was when nobody was going up there. You know, nobody was beating A little up. harder now? No, yeah, dude. Everybody's just kind of, you know, I mean. Social media? Yeah, you know, that's what it is. You know, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> so how do you feel social media has uh, impacted fishing? Has it been, I'm sure some people, I mean, positive, but like the pressure has been really turned on, you think, because of Instagram and, and pictures and stuff. Pressure legs, pressure, mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can kind of look at it like, like I said, like a double-edged sword. It's mm-hmm. two different ways, right? So so I guess I'm a sponsored guy, right? So for me to promote, you know, the companies that I fish for and products and all that stuff, I have to do it. You know, it's kind of what I need to do. But like with green bass and stuff, I can't put things up in real time. You know, I can't say I caught this today. You know, most times I can't really show a backdrop. Like yeah. I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm hammered with messages all the time. You know, people are always hitting me up 24-7. Hey, Kev. So you caught this bass or the Corvina. That's another thing. Corvina, buy, dude, they're buying. Where'd you get it? Can I get, you know, can I go with you? Or, you know, I get it. I totally get it. Everybody wants to speed up the learning curve. That's what the internet's about is knowledge and speeding up your learning curve, which I get, but I don't know, dude, I'm just old school. You know what I mean? Where I like, I want to find my own stuff. I want to kind of do my own thing. I want to figure out the bite on my own. I want to like, I want to like, go do something where I kind of can sit back and go, you know what? I kind of feel like I figured that out on my own. I get, I get my satisfaction from that more than looking at somebody's fishing spot online, taking a picture of it, going out and freaking Googling <laughs> and figuring like, okay, there's a tree here or there's pickle weeds here. And yeah. this guy's over here and let me figure out his spot in which they'll show up at some places I fish and the guy will be right there with my lure tied on. And you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm just like, fuck man. Like, you, you know what I mean? I mean what, do you, what do you say? You, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel, but on the other hand, there's been a lot of really cool people. Like I've met a lot of cool people, really like cool, supportive people, people that I don't even know. Like I met some kid yesterday. He came up and was just like, shook my hand really cool. Like, dude, I follow you on Instagram. Blah, blah. I didn't know the kid's name. I don't know him, you know, nothing. Yeah. But he's like, dude, I just think it's rad, all the things you do, you know? Yeah. And um, I was like, I appreciate that, dude. Like, I really, truly do, you know? And I, I told him, too. I said, honestly, I'm just doing me. Like, I'm doing what I've always done. But now I'm kind of out on a platform where, you know, a lot, you know. And everybody's looking at that platform. So it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of crazy. cool thing that people can see the way you act and interact with people. Like yeah. Other people, too. But, yeah, you know, like uh, like I said, like, it's cool to to meet the dude. Because a lot of times I see cool shit you've done on there, but no one, you know, to yeah. talk to is a different story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's a numbers game too, though. You know what I mean? I got whatever I got on there, 24,000 people or whatever, and then whatever I got on mm-hmm. there. So, you know, when you got like 30,000 people looking at you, like the majority of them are really cool. But then every once in a while, there's a guy, you're just like, you know, you get this weirdo or psycho, you get these guys that are just, you know what I mean? You're just, it's a, I don't know yet, but I'm sure, you know, I can, I can realize like, 
actually being somebody or celebrity somewhere, like how many of these weirdos these people get, like it must be tough. Like <laughs> to, right. To go out to somewhere, some and... weirdo hater. You don't even know really. Yeah. Or some guy that makes a bunch of shit up just trying to, you know, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't even know you or I don't even, I haven't talked to you or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just that out of the blue every now and then it's like a lightning strike. You're like, dude, what is this guy about? <laughs> I'm sure everybody gets them. You know no, I'm sure a lot of these guys um, do. I mean, fishing has been re- gotten really popular over the last four or five years yeah you know yeah yeah fishing used to not be as cool as it is now you know mm-hmm. now it's like shit you wear a whole fishing outfit <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me you're like flip-flops match which don't get me wrong i'm stoked like it's really yeah. cool yeah. but i'm like i'm like wow it's kind of crazy and like if you wear this hat you're in this clique or you know this or you know these guys look down on these guys or we're we're not getting along i don't I'm understand sure. yeah there's a lot i don't of understand that. that either because i'm not it's the same thing i look at like like color like dude i don't care if you're cool yeah. you're cool if you represent or and, if you wear this company or dude this, it doesn't matter if you represent fill in the blank and you're cool and you treat people cool and you know good for you dude like honestly like that's the way that you should do it and i you know if you if you're not that way you won't be with them long or you're, or there'll be enough problems that yeah. they'll, they'll clip you. Cause exactly, you, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I've been at my job, like I was telling you for 31 years with people. So I deal with people. So it has to be one of those things. You got to have some kind of people skills, you know, Yeah. if you're, if you're stuck on a boat with people, you know, that maybe there's one guy, you know, it seems like, I'm sure you know, some, <laughs> dude, some trips, there's kind of one guy, you know, and <laughs> you know, you can't avoid somebody on a hundred and, you know, 20 something foot boat. And I think that's where the whole people skills things come in. You know, that's like we were talking about earlier. Like I like going into tackle shop still and talking to the dudes at the tackle shop and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. hanging out, meeting new, like I've gotten guests like Ben Seacrest. I met at a tackle shop. I'm like, Hey, you want to come on? He's like, yeah, fuck at performance. You know, I'm like, so it's like you meet, still get to meet people. It's, it's, it's cool. And talk to them at the tackles, Mark and, and Joe at performance. Yeah. you know, I'll go in there, try to go in there once a week or, you know, even at Angler Center, Comron, you know, like, so it's like, yeah, it's a, it's, I like doing that. I like going out to tackle shops. So yeah. what tackle shop do you like to go to? Uh, I do a lot of East County bait and tackle. Okay. Yeah. I live out in East County. G runs that shop over there and, uh, you know, swim bait thing. They got every swim bait under the sun there, and they got yeah. a little bit of salt water. If I'm totally going for salt water gear, I go down to Dana. You know, okay. Dana's got everything. Those guys are cool. They've always been cool. Like, uh. You know, I've been going there for a long time. When Dwayne was down there and say, went up to Dwayne, chat chat with Diego. Right, yeah, you get to run into people. Dude, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in a spot where, like, I walk into these tackle shops, and I, I that's what I used to do. You know, I used to literally kind of hang around the tackle shop, you know, trying to – I'm always trying to, like, gather knowledge. Like, I look at it like the, the search for the knowledge thing never, ever ends. And, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if you look at it that way, you're always learning. You know, like, some of these guys on long-range trips, like – you know, like I just got off this trip with Choate, you know, going to fish in Guadalupe Island, you know, Dave Choate, guy's a great sardine guy. And he gets bit on the fly line sometimes when nobody's getting bit, you know, he's getting bit on 80 pound. Yeah. Guys aren't getting bit on 40. Shit. You know, so I watch him. Yeah. You know, that's what, what I What is he I, doing? Yeah. I watch him, you know, he's working his line, the way he picks his bait, the way he soaks it. I just, I just, I don't know, dude. I, it's, that comes from like growing up on the pier at Shelter Island. Like I always watched everybody. Yeah. Because they're figuring out the bite for me. <laughs> you know they, they really are you're so doing your homework they're doing my you're homework doing for your, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so, you know, somebody's getting bit and i'm not i try to figure it out <laughs> what uh you want to give a shout out to your sponsors mm. yeah i mean pelagic mm-hmm. can't thank them enough i mean awesome people what they've done for me is is i'm 
I'm very, very grateful, mm-hmm. you know, trips in the gear and gearing me up and gearing up my family. Like, it's awesome, dude. I feel like I feel just blessed, you know, um, Phoenix rods, good rods. I believe in them. Like I said, I don't, I don't jump companies. I don't jump ship. If I believe in the rod and I fish it, I fish that thing till it's dead. You know what I mean? Like, um, Okuma guys, they've been awesome too. Dig their reels, you know, game changers, you know, when they came out with the Komodo and the Makaira changed the whole face of Akuma. You know, it's, it's a good, solid company. And um, Corey Sannon, the guy that I haven't brought up, you know, MC Swimbaits. Like, Corey's, <laughs> Corey's just a good dude. And yeah. I learned a lot from him, and we just, it's the same kind of thing. You know, I took him fishing down south with me and stuff, and just, we build on a bite. It's the same kind of thing. Like, we build on things. And it's cool to see him from when I started with him, when he didn't even have a booth. You know, he had the slide kit at Seaforth. Mm-hmm. He's basically selling an Albacore slide kit. <laughs> you know and then and then be cool you know cool enough with him to like fish the slug before anybody did yeah like that was just like he's like what do you think of this kev i'm like dude this is kind of like the jerk it he's yeah. like no no it's bigger and he started figuring out the rigging and once he you know put the wire into it twisted the wire in and started yeah like, i seen and then, that dude dude game changer like yeah. okay so you're fishing a big bait with a big hook on 80 pound fuck it dude changed it overnight like yeah, yeah. took it down south got a nine pounder like and that was back when you send your picture into western outdoor news so you know he's the first guy to kind of send in a picture and then he was one of the first guys to be like kev you know i can i can slide you some baits just promote the product i'm like oh, okay cool you know and that for me my instagram and facebook since day one has just been that here's my hobbies and my interests i promote these these products and these and help these people. And this is all I care about. Like, I don't give a shit what you eat for dinner, what I have for dinner. What I'm not, I'm not looking down on that. And, you know, I try to keep my personal life off of there, you know, because I keep that separate, um, you know, from weirdos out there. I don't want them knowing about my family or the things, you know what I mean? But, um, I just try to keep it like my, my, my passions. Like this is like my life, you know? And big shout out to Sandon. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of one of the first guys yeah. who got me going with it, you know. Nice, dude. Well, we appreciate you having me on the podcast. This is a good one, man. Uh, thanks, dude. Was, I, I really appreciate it. It was like a this, nice talk. Thanks for yeah. coming down. Thanks for being driving up here to see us, dude. You're one of the uh, couple San Diego guys that have drove up and really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we'll have you back on whenever, dude. Whenever you want to come hang out, dude. It's, it's all good, dude. Yeah. Come down fishing. Yeah, that'd be fun, too. <laughs> yeah, we'll come fishing, dude. This, this show is going to be big, dude. I, th- I appreciate it. I it's, hope, it's, yeah. Uh, I, it, like, I like the way you do it, and I like, um, I don't normally do these kind of things, like I was telling you. I'd rather yeah. just be me and talk the way I want to talk. That's all know, we do, like, man, is we talk to the um, guy. Like That's Joe it. Rogan style. Like, yeah, I like I this. this is, it's like, it's just, it's just going to be big. I hope. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Again, if you could give us five stars, that'll help us out. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.